Good morning, friends. Uh, welcome to the show. And today we're doing it outdoors. Lou was remarking about yeah. how we're doing it outdoors today. Al fresco. Right, yeah, al fresco <laughs> today. And, you know, we are always talking about God and Brahman and nature. And we figured, I figured that, you know, being outdoors with nature around us and these bees swarming around us, it's probably not a bad idea. Here's a bee coming right now. <laughs> <laughs> um but um, so I hope you enjoy this. I hope uh, this bee can get away from me. Uh, but as long as I don't bother, it should be fine. That's right. Uh, well, a bee has a certain property, right? <laughs> yes, a bee has a property. It has Atman inside it. Yep. So don't want to hurt it in any way. Um, so today we're going to be talking about verse 20 and 21 in chapter 5. And verse 20 says, With his intellect firmly on the goal of reaching Brahman, the self-realized person does not rejoice, does not rejoice when he obtains what is pleasant, nor does he grieve on obtaining the unpleasant. So what that refers to is how you and I, the average person on this earth, how when something good happens, we rejoice. When something bad happens, we grieve, right? And we see this going back I would say to 1982 or so when the stock market in the United States, after a long period of being in the doldrums, suddenly started to shoot up in the form of a bull market. Yeah. And everybody that was involved in the stock market would be watching this show called CNBC. Those of us who are in the United States know CNBC very well. And those who were bulls, who wanted the stock market to go up would jump up and down in joy when the market went up. And those who are bears, anytime there were was a, a downturn in the stock market would be jumping up and down. Mm -hmm. and, and Lou Dobbs would say every night, here we go, the bulls and the bears are at it again. Yeah. And my young son, who was just born around that time, would say that again and again, the bulls and the bears are at it again. <laughs> So ups and downs in the stock market, ups and downs in sports. I mean, we see something on sports, right? Yeah. Lou, you're a football fan. Oh, yeah, so yeah. am I. Sure. We watch the Patriots. Uh, we watch Tom Brady. We see him doing something. Everybody in the room who's a Patriots fan jumps up and down. Those who are not hang their head and say, oh. So... We are up and down based on the ups and downs of the world. And what he's saying in this verse is that a self-realized person does not go up with joy when good things happen and does not grieve when unpleasant things happen. Um, that doesn't mean that he... See, there are people who don't understand stock market and who don't understand sports. They don't know what football is. They don't know what the stock market is. And for them... The stock market going up and down would make no difference. If you were sitting with them on and watching the screen, they'd be unimpressed, mm -hmm. and they wouldn't. They're not self-realized. Right. Same thing with somebody who doesn't know the word first word about football. They wouldn't be uh, uh, happy or unhappy of whether the Patriots scored a goal or not. They're not self-realized. They just don't understand. Yep. It's similar to us watching our kids play a game. Let's say I'm playing with my grandson. 
Um, and my grandson says, Papi, Papi, and he's so excited because <laughs> of something that he's playing with me, Parcheesi, Ludo, whatever it is, the game that he's playing, and he's very excited. To me, he's excited because he's getting something out of it. His piece has moved a few pieces ahead of me. He's winning. Right. He's very excited. To me, I'm excited that he's excited. To a self-realized person, this is all child's play. Whether the market goes up, whether it goes up $1,000, $2,000, $10,000, to him, it means no difference. To him, it's just like, a, for me, my grandson playing a game. I'm happy, I show the excitement, but I'm really, I don't care one way or the other. Right. Same thing for a self-realized person. He doesn't really, it doesn't matter to him because his happiness is all within. Our intellect our mind, because of the emotions, gets very emotional and excited when something good happens and sad when something bad happens. Our intellect gets agitated one way or the other. But the intellect of a and the mind of a self-realized person is what is known as sthir. Sthir means absolutely steady, um, unmovable, solid. And the minds of uh, an average human being is a sthir very unsteady, going up and down as you wish. So to a self-realized person, all of this means nothing. So imagine a dog barking on the street or birds that are making noise. Each noise that any animal makes, bird, animal, um, um, or a fish, a mammal, they emit some sound that other, spe other people in their species understand and recognize it means something it's a mating call or it's a call to say stay away this is my property or something like that right which they understand but to us a dog barking means nothing a whale that's you know in the ocean making noises means nothing we find or these birds that are here right. means nothing we don't understand what it is that they're saying or we don't care to a self-realized person it's the same sort of thing and a self-realized person doesn't get overwhelmed with something good or depressed with something bad. Tulsida said that when uh, it the, during the monsoon, a pond will overflow. A monsoon in India, Lou, for right. those of us who've never experienced monsoon, is when the rains come and for a month or so, it is raining like a bucket being poured on your head nonstop, day after day after day for weeks. Um, that's how much rain there is. When that happens, the small little ponds get overwhelmed with this liquid and they overflow, whereas the ocean remains steady in its volume and its level. So a self-realized person is like the ocean. No matter what good things befall him, he doesn't get overwhelmed. What bad things happen, he doesn't get depressed. So that's basically what this verse is. And all of these verses from 20 to uh, actually 27, when we go into chapter six, this is all towards a basis for us to become uh, prepared for meditation. And that's what Krishna is doing in these first five verses. He's preparing us for meditation because he's saying, look, you cannot meditate 
if your mind is very active with desires and emotions or your intellect is pursuing all of these things. You have to be detached from all of this. Right. That's can, why he's telling us. This. Can I ask you a question about this, though? Please. Does sure, this sure. mean we need, if we're Patriots fan, I'm guessing this doesn't mean if we're a Patriots fan, for example, sitting in front of the TV very stoic and not reacting one way or the other to the game. You can react to the game, enjoy the game, be excited if they win, be a, you know, be a little down if they lose. It's as long as you don't become attached to it, right? You know, you just kind of move Absolutely. on from it. Yeah. Yeah. So, so just all we spoke about this before, friends. Um, and remember that we said that all of this is to prevent us from getting in the trap of raga dvesha. Raga means likes, dvesha means dislikes or hates. And kama krodha. Kama means desires, lust. And Krodh means anger. Mm -hmm. And you have to get rid of the Raga, the Dvesha, the Kama, and the Krodha in order to meditate. You can't meditate when you have all these desires. And as Lou was saying, when we talked about the verse with the Raga, Dvesha, we said that it's not as if you give a self-realized person, if he comes begging to your house for food, and you give him something that he has always liked. It's not like you say, well, I have no desire for this. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. He has taste buds. He feels hot. He feels pain. He feels cold. It's just that he doesn't, as Lou said, doesn't get attached to that likes, and he doesn't let himself get depressed if he has pain. The story of Alexander the Great talking to his teacher in Greece when he came to India, he said, what can I bring you? Gold, diamonds, riches. And his teacher, I forget who it was. Um, uh, I, I'll get that for you. I think it's either... Anyway, um, he said to our, um, he said to Alexander, bring me one of those wise men, self-realized person. And when he sent his men to pick up this uh, wise person, and it's in, on Google, you can find it. Yeah. Um, this person, the wise person, was laying there naked in the forest along with a few other of his uh, comrades. And they all said, we're not coming. If Alexander wants to gain something, let him come here. And he was told, we're going to cut off your head. We're going to put you in jail. He said, you can do anything you want to my body. It doesn't affect me. The real me, the Atman, it doesn't affect. He had no fear at all. And the generals wrote this in Alexander's diary. It is written that they were surprised. Um, a gymnophist, I think they were called. Mm -hmm. um, and he said, I'll give you riches. And he said, I have no need for riches. I have everything I want. I'm in eternal happiness. So these people, as, as I, what Lou was saying, you know, they get happy. It's not like they don't. They are eternally happy. They take pleasure in good food, but they do not get attached to it. If right. they get it one day and they don't get it the next day, it doesn't bother them. So it's not living a stoic life. It's not an emotional austerity. It's enjoy it, just don't become attached to it. Correct. Yep. So I don't know that a self-realized person would really be bothered by the patriots um, <laughs> or gaining or winning or losing. Yep. But I think the base um, base emotions, such as food, yep. though, that kind of like and dislike would probably still be there. The thought of a nice vision of something that nature has that's beautiful, that shows him God, I think that he would like. Right. But I don't know. I don't know any self-realized people myself. And I don't know that what he likes and what he doesn't like. But there are likes and dislikes. I don't know. I've met, a few, I've met a few self-realized people at Gillette every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> Gillette is the stadium where yeah, the Patriots play. Yeah, where the Patriots play, play right. 
All right, verse 21. Unattached to external senses, one finds the happiness that is the self. United with Brahman by yoga, one is in eternal bliss. So he's mentioned a few things here. One is that the self-realized person is not attached. And the second is external senses. He makes makes the distinction of external. Those are the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the skin. One finds the happiness that is the self. So we all know that the Atman is eternally happy. They've said that if you do not attach yourself to these worldly pleasures, you will find that without any of that, you are in total eternal bliss. It's permanent. And then he says, united with Brahman by yoga. That yoga is not the yoga in a studio where you sit cross-legged. Right. Yoga means the union of yourself with your Atman. United with Brahman or Atman by the exercises that he talks about here in the Gita. One is an eternal bliss, bliss forever. So what are the external senses? Eyes. And these are the ones that we need to watch out for because... The when you're trying to sit and meditate, the you're not you're sitting in one place. Your skin is not going to touch anything. Right. Your skin is to yourself. So that's one organ that's not there. Nothing's going in your mouth because you're not putting any food in your mouth. But the other three senses, the nose, which is smell, the eyes, which is sight, and the ears are constantly looking for different things. So you're trying to meditate, you got your eyes closed. But you smell something, right? I mean, I'm sitting here at home, and if my wife is cooking something, <laughs> and I'm trying to meditate, and my nose smells certain things. It says, my mind is going to be preoccupied. My mind says, hey, I remember that smell. That's my favorite. Oh, boy, that's what I'm getting for lunch or dinner. So the nose and the senses are looking for that and anything to distract the mind. Wherever the eye, and this is a common thing that we should all recognize, Where the mind goes, the eyes go. Mm. Where the eyes go, the mind goes. So one way to control the senses is not to allow the mind. You can't do anything about the nose, smelling things if you're just breathing. But you can control the eyes. So if you see something that you know is going to be distracting to you because you desire it, your eyes will immediately want to follow it. But you've got to train your eyes not to look because your mind will follow the eyes. Your eyes look at something. I mean, take an example of a dessert that your doctor, because one is diabetic, has said, do not eat sweets. And you see something, your eyes are going to go towards it. And you say, wow, look at that. And then your mind starts to follow and says, wow, look at that. And you get sucked into this whirlpool of wanting to go closer and closer to that and then taste a little bit. And you're, it's all downhill from there. So better not to even look at it. You look at it, you glance, you move away like the marshmallow, uh, and then you look away and then your mind is able to distract itself easier. So the trick with these external senses is that there is instant pleasure. The minute the sense organ and the sense object go towards each other or touch, boom, Uh, An instant pleasure happens if it's something that the body likes. I take a spoonful of a dessert that I like, 
the minute it touches my tongue, actually it starts beforehand with the mind anticipating right. what it is. The minute it touches my tongue, I say, wow, that is great. And all kinds of receptors in the brain have um, endorphins and other chemicals secreted that gives you great pleasure, enough to block out all displeasure. I'll give you an example. I'm a physician. We gave injections and vaccines and things like that. We had to poke little children when they were born or soon thereafter. As a, But things have changed now. When my grandson was born seven years ago, and within, before the, within the first three days, before we had to take him out of the hospital, they said, we need to draw some blood. And I said, oh, no, it's going to my poor little grandson, <laughs> such tiny little feet. And they came with this needle and they said, don't worry, he'll be okay. And I said, yeah, I know he'll be okay. My son was there, my daughter-in-law, my wife. And when they took the needle, just before they poked it, what they did with this little baby was gave him a drop, a few drops maybe, of a syrup that had sweet sugar in it. Yep. Right? I never heard anything like this. Yeah. But I saw that with my second grandson also. And, you know, uh, I, I recognize that this is a trick that some of these uh, hospitals use. They gave him a few drops of the sugar at the same time as they're poking the foot with the needle. And he didn't even wince. Yeah. But when the sugar went in his mouth, you should have seen him. It's like he, his eyes bugged open. And he's, whoa, what is that? I literally saw it. His eyes was were, were like, what is that stuff? Yeah. And what that meant to me is that these pleasure receptors off the sweet on the tongue got an immediate instant gratification with the sugar that went on to them. And he was enough so as to block out the pain right. of the shock of the needle in his foot, which otherwise he would have cried. So that's an example of how all of us react to pleasure. Now, each one of you, think to yourself, what is the pleasure that your mind, your sense organs seek? For each one of us, it's different. Think of that pleasure and think when you get it or as you're approaching it, how much your heart races, how much your mind is excited, and how much when you get it, your you know, yeah. bells go off in your mind. That is an instant pleasure. And when you get that, it sort of sets up in your memory, your mind, not your intellect so much, but your mind remembers what that felt like. And after that, it is constantly seeking it again. So it is pleasure seeking. That's the exact opposite of what happens with meditation. So once you experience these pleasures of this external senses, you are attached to it, your mind is attached to it, and you go pleasure-seeking. You want it again and again and again. You taste ice cream, you say, wow, that was good. <laughs> yeah. Now your mind says, I want that again, and you keep saying, well, what was it, Ben & Jerry's? I want Ben & Jerry's ice cream. Which particular kind? Seek it, seek it, seek it. Your eyes are looking for a Ben & Jerry's store. Because it's instant happiness, as opposed to things right. with meditation or other things which takes a while. Meditation is the exact opposite of pleasure-seeking because it doesn't happen right away, it takes time. But you say, what do you gain from meditation? What I know what will happen when I taste the, the sugar or the ice cream or the muffin. I know what kind of pleasure it will give me. But what do you gain when you get meditation? First of all, the reason we have constant unhappiness, friends, remember this, 
is the noise that we have in our head. We don't realize because we've had it since our childhood. I mean, my grandson at the age of three days probably had this going on in his mind at some level to say, I want that sugar again. But since that time, it just builds and builds and our mind remembers everything. It says, I want that good stuff. I hate that bad stuff. Right. Calm and crowd, desire and anger and greed. So those are the three gateways to hell, the desire, the greed and the anger. So when you are seeking that pleasure, our sorrow, sorry, our sorrow comes from the constant chatter of the mind. I want, I want, I want, I want. And the constant commentary of the intellect. You remember we said that the intellect is the boss of all the sense organs and the mind and the body. And the intellect's job is, is to decide this or that, right. this or that. And this is good, this is bad, this is okay, this, I, this is okay to do, this is not okay to do. Constantly chattering and the mind is constantly demanding. That noise within us is what makes us unhappy, believe it or not. When that is not there and you have total silence, even if you experience a little bit, you get great pleasure. And that pleasure is indestructible, inexhaustible when the mind becomes silent and peaceful and the intellect becomes still. Now, last time, one of the previous episodes, I talked about what it felt like when I was a first year medical student. And I was looking to say when I become a physician in yeah. so many years, and I kept thinking, what will it be like? And will I ever get there? And such hard work to get there. There's a difference between that waiting and this waiting. First of all, this is not just five years. You're not gonna get there in right. not just one lifetime. It's gonna be many lifetimes for most of us. But the difference is that I couldn't do anything until I actually had a degree and pass my internship, finish my internship to even give somebody an injection, right. not allowed without that license. So until you get that, and it starts immediately as you get the license. Okay, fine, you have your license, now you can go and practice medicine, you can give injections, you can deliver babies, you can do surgery, etc. So until that time, you've gained the knowledge or you're gaining the knowledge, but you cannot do anything, you don't feel any benefits from it. Right. The difference here is that as you're progressing, as you're progressing along that route to becoming self-realized, even though that goal may be many lifetimes from now, you will gain the benefits each time, each day, each week, as you learn each session, each episode, each verse. If you put your mind to it, read, meditate, think about it, contemplate, you will get the benefits. Mm -hmm. So friends, that is verse 21 of chapter five. We've finished with that. And next time we will do uh, verse 22 and 23. Thank you so much for joining us. And I hope to hear from you on Facebook and with your comments and questions. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.